0: And today we're in a series that is titled Victory. Come on, somebody just say victory. victory. Victory in Jesus. Go ahead and put it in the chat if you're online. Today we're talking about the victory that's found at, in Christ. Um, we, don't, we don't fight and run and work hard to gain victory because victory has already been won through what Jesus has done on the cross, through the sinless life that he lived through the sacrificial death, the triumphal resurrection that we're standing upon today, Jesus has won the battle. And so we attach ourselves to him and say, that's the victory that we boast in here today. And so we're leaning into that in this series. And uh, last Sunday, we talked about on Palm Sunday, uh, the moment where Jesus begins to ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. And he, he declares this first statement of kingship. He lives out the prophetic word of Zechariah 9.9. 9, and as he strolls in, he declares really three things I've wanted us to highlight. I want to show you them from last week just so we can get caught up and then land here today. Number one, he shows us that he's on time. Right. And that's just good news right there. I don't know how many times this past week, from last Sunday to now, I've just had to remember this, that he's not on my schedule, but he is on time. Right. Right. And, and, he, and you can trust him. Yeah. Number two, he's in control. Yeah. We have a savior who's never had a surprise. And uh uh-oh, whoa, wait, hold on. No, he is in complete control. Even through the chaos, Jesus rides in on a donkey and he knows what he's doing. And the third one, his posture is not prideful. His posture is not to one-up somebody. Oh, his posture is accessible. His posture is open. He's humble. And so today we can go to him and find rest for our souls. He says, come to me if you're weary, if you're broken, if you're heavy. Here you fit the category to come to King Jesus. His posture is humble. So that was Palm Sunday last week, but as you continue to make your way through that last week of Jesus' earthly life before he went to the cross, you wind up on Friday where Jesus, right, for all of his sinless life and the the good miracles that he did and the walk that he had, he didn't get a trophy for it. He got a, a wooden cross for it. He would go up on the tree and he would pay for the sin of the world. And he would declare with his final breath, it is finished, tetelestai. It it, it is finished, completed. I ran my race. But then Jesus would get put into a grave, into the, the tomb. And then not only that, they would put a big, heavy stone in front of that tomb. And then Roman officials and guards, the biggest, baddest, toughest ones they could find, would then begin to guard and man that grave. And now it's Sunday and Jesus, where is he? And I just want to go ahead and just, that's the setting. That's the setting of where we pick it up here today. All right. If you got it, say, I got it. Let's go ahead and turn our attention to John chapter 20. And I want us to look at verse number 19 and let's lean into the scriptures here today. If you're ready, say ready. Ready. If you're hungry, say, "Let's let's eat. Let's eat. Lord, as we eat from your word now, feed us. God, don't let this just be a checkbox service. Lord, let this be transformational for everybody in the room. God, we just sang it. Chain breaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. God, you're the redeemer. Would you do that in every person in the room and those who are online? In Jesus' name. Those who are watching this in the future too, God, would this be a moment for them? In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Here's the scripture. I want you to try to put yourself in it chapter 20, verse 19. It says, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, this is Sunday, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, come on, say it with me, peace be with you. In fact, give your neighbor a little loving elbow and just say, peace be with you. If you haven't met him yet, that's your good introductory statement. Peace be with you. He says, he says, shalom Receive the Holy Spirit. That's where we're going to land today and just give some application out of the resurrection account of St. John in chapter 20 of what he experienced in real time when Jesus showed up. Uh, I want to preach a message to you today by the title, put it up here on the screen, Rise Above It. Rise Above It. In fact, say it, Rise Above It. When I look at this scripture, I, I realize Jesus rose above the grave. He even went through a locked door and showed up in the house to declare, rise above it. I think that everybody watching and everybody in this room has something you need to rise above. You have something that you could put in that it category that you would say, if you're honest, I need to rise above it. I need to get over it. And I wanna encourage you because Jesus rose above the grave, you can rise above anything. Hear me on that church family. Because Jesus rose above the grave. What else can you, what's the hardest thing to rise above? Death. If they pronounce you dead and you get buried and they roll the stone over. If you rise above that and now we're on your team, we can rise above anything. I want to encourage you today with this simple message, rise above it. I hope that this week around Wednesday at 2 o'clock, you have something happen and you just realize, rise above it. Yeah. You know what I need to do today? I need to rise above it. Look back at this scripture with me just as we can do some work through it for a second. John chapter 20, verse 19, it says, On the evening of that day, first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be. Th-. Now, this, this blows my mind right here, right? Because the disciples who have been following Jesus for roughly three years set their hope, all their eggs are in that basket. We're following King Jesus. We've quit our jobs. We are on a mission following our Savior. We're seeing him walk on water. We've seen him heal the blind. We've seen him do all types of miracles. He even let us do some miracles, and then he just got killed brutally, and half of us didn't even show up because we're punks, (laughs) and now we gather back together a couple days later, and we're in the upper room, and maybe they're blaming each other, Or maybe they're questioning, was Jesus really who he said he was? Or maybe it's Peter's fault. Or maybe, you know what, we just didn't do enough. And all of a sudden, there Jesus is. I'm astounded that he came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with y'all. Whoa, here's what this shows me. Jesus can walk through any locked door. Jesus can go through any area, that any barrier, anything that's blocking him, Jesus can walk right through that mug. This shows me the power of King Jesus is going through doors, he's going through walls, and he's going right to your home. He's going inside the closest and safest and secret places, but here's the crazy thing about the gospel. Jesus doesn't show up and say, you're terrible. He doesn't say, where were y'all? He doesn't say, man, I told you guys I was going to die and then rise, and all y'all just didn't even show up and doubted, and Peter, and no, what does Jesus say? I'm bringing y'all peace. He says, peace be with you. He gives them the greeting of the Hebrews, shalom. When he had said this, he said, no, no, just in case y'all are freaked out and y'all are just like in like that moment. for real. Check, out, check out these holes in my hands check out the piercing on my side. Look what happens next. Scripture teaches us that the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. I really think that that's an understatement. I think that the gospel writer John should have gave us a better description of the moment, because if it was me, I think I would have turned up a little bit more. It says, they were glad when they saw the Lord, and Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. Now, I'm, I'm trying to read this, and how I interpret it is Kind of like March Madness, I'm a basketball fan. I don't know if you followed any of the college hoops, but one thing I loved about this year is after the games, they would oftentimes follow the winning team into the locker room and they would take their name and put it on the board. And then finally the coach would come in and they would just start drenching them in water and, and, and whatever it may be, in ice and dumping it on them. And it was just this like crazy celebration in the locker room. That's how I picture this night. <laughs> I picture they're in the locker room trying to figure out what just happened. And then Jesus shows up through the door and he says, peace be with y'all. And I think they just exploded. <laughs> I think they got the grape juice out and they dumped it on Jesus. <laughs> I think they started pushing each other. I think they just started getting so hyped. They turned the worship up. I don't know what they did. Because why does Jesus for a second time say, peace be with you? <laughs> he said, I got to say this again because y'all got hyped. That's how I read it. Okay. And then he says, as the father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. Jesus comes back with a commission. Jesus comes back and says, Hey, the father sent me on this missional task to live the life that you couldn't live, to be born of a virgin, to die your death, to go up uh, uh, into the grave, to be buried. And three days later, rise from that grave. As the father sent me, I've been doing it all, but now I'm sending you. And he says, in order for me to send you, you got to be empowered. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, you have the incarnational Jesus who we see in the the Christmas story. He's born of a virgin. He shows up on the scene and what a powerful moment it is. And the angel declares he will be Emmanuel. He will be with you and he will save his people from their sins. But then the baby Jesus grows up into the Lord Jesus. Well, he's always been the Lord Jesus, but the man Jesus, right? And then he, he dies. He's, he's murdered brutally and sheds his blood on the cross. And then he says, physically, I'm here with you, but spiritually, I want to be with you always. And he even says something of the likes of greater things you'll do with the Holy Spirit in you. And he sends them with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk to you in this context of rise above it, how are you going to rise above it? Because of what the Holy Spirit can do in your life. Because the Spirit that Jesus gave them, who also we have access to through faith in Christ, can help you rise above it. Look at this verse of scripture with me in Romans 8. I've been thinking about this verse lately, and it's been speaking to my heart. I've, I've been needing it. Romans 8 verse 11. Let's read this together. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. If I could just for a moment, let me just double click on this and bold it for a second. It says, the scripture says that he will give life to your mortal bodies. Amen. What does that teach us? It says that one, we're mortal. In other words, at some point, your body's going to turn on you. So you better start eating right and exercising now. I'm preaching to myself, okay? Okay. Your body, one day your joints are going to be like, nope. <laughs> one day you're going to try to do what you once did, and the body's going to be like, no, you're mortal. You missed your window. I don't know. You can't do it. Like, it's just not going to happen. And you're going to realize, man, I gotta, I'm, on a, I'm on a clock. Uh, Jesus is immortal. Jesus is the beginning and the end. He's the alpha and the omega. He is the great i Am. You know what's so interesting about that? Come on, praise God. We can clap for that. Yeah. I love that reality that, come on, he's bigger than me. He's bigger than you. He's worthy of our worship. You know, I was uh, helping my son go to sleep the other night, and I always try to pray with each of them and, and sing a little song over them. And um, I was there with my buddy, my, my, my boy Epaph. He's now my buddy yet, yeah, too. He's, he's eight years old. He's getting a little growing kingdom man there. And he's almost asleep. And then he just turns over and he says, hey, dad, who made God? And I was like, oh, snap. (laughs) But then I said, I, I, I realized this isn't even a tough question. I said, God has always been. God is the maker. God is the beginning. It starts with God. God has always been. God will always be. That's what it means for him to be the alpha. That's what it means to, to be the creator. Before there was, God is. And it was funny because he was like, all right. <laughs> went to, okay. Makes sense now. Because he was unlayering back. He's like, Wait, where did the earth come from? Where did this come from? Where did that come from? And it's always been God. Because God's always been you might say, hey, there was there's a Big Bang Theory. Well, when God said, let there be light, I'm sure it was a Big Bang. Come on. <laughs> Boom. But it started with him. Amen. He's always been there. Yeah. He'll always be there. That's why when they said, hey, what's your name? God said, tell him, I am. I am. Which is just a miraculous statement of his divinity, his immortality. Okay, so he says he'll give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Here's what I want to te- want to say say to our church today. I want to say it online. What I want to say to the middle section, the right section, the left section. I want to say it to everybody in the room here. Jesus, through the Spirit of God, wants to give life to you. In other words, he doesn't want you eor in life. What does that mean? Oh, I'm just I'm just a sluggish disciple. I'm lazy. I'm I'm bored. I don't know. I'm just kind of passive going through the motions. No, the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells, which means, you know what the word dwell means by definition? To make home in. Makes his home in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. That's why I can say you can rise above it. You can rise above the it through him who dwells in you, not because of your own religiosity, not because of your own strength, not because of your rights and wrongs and do's and don'ts. That's all pluses. We don't believe in Jesus plus. We believe Jesus is enough. And so you can rise above it. Amen. I want to give you three things in the remainder of our time, three things, three things that you can rise above that I want to encourage you to rise above in this season of your life. Each word starts with the letter S. And I'm gonna challenge you a little bit in the most loving way, all right? Can I do that? Yeah. All right, thank you four people, I'm gonna do it. Uh, and I hope everybody else receives something too. The first point, I'm gonna use these boxes to illustrate is rise above sin. I believe because we have the resurrection of King Jesus, we can effectively rise above sin. I want, I want you to hear that here today because I know that there's somebody here in the room that's probably like me in, in, in one season of my life where I became a follower of Jesus and, and I realized I still got a sin problem that I'm, I'm working on. Now, positionally, I'm right with God. I'm holy. I'm blameless. God sees me and he sees me covered by the blood. But practically, I still am trying to work that out. I'm not working on my salvation. I'm working out my salvation. Practically, my, my flesh isn't saved. My flesh is at war with the spirit in me. And so I'm struggling with sin and I'm like, I can't get over it. I can't get over it. At some point, what I want to encourage you to do is you got to tap into the resurrection power. That, that can help you get over it. Don't, don't play with sin. Don't, you know what sin will do? Sin will Sin will trip you up. Sin will mess around and hinder your walk with Jesus. So don't flirt with it. Don't dabble with it. Don't hang out with it. Just get over it. Don't have a flirtatious conversation with sin because sin will always overpromise, Sin will always underdeliver. I've never met a Christian who gave into sin and felt better afterwards. I've met a thousand of them who felt worse. My point is rise above it. I want to encourage you to rise above it. And because of the resurrection power of the Spirit of Christ in you, listen to this, you can. You can. Let me give you a verse. Amen. Let me give you a verse. Romans chapter 6, Paul is writing to the Romans. And he says, we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. It's a profound statement. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all but the life he lives he lives to God so you now this is our part so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus because we're following the alive Savior Jesus who is risen and is holy since we're following him you got to get over sin because he's over it and so I want to encourage you with that today because maybe you got a secret life going on and guess what you have a humble savior who says, "Hey, let me just stroll in on the donkey and let me just pull up and let me help lovingly walk you out of it because it's not taking you anywhere healthy. It's not taking you anywhere beneficial." And so, when it comes to sin in your life, just get over it. The devil would love to continue to dangle sin in front of your face and distract Here's what the devil be doing. He he be spinning Spinning people off. Here, here's, here's, here's your sin problem. Go, go have fun with it. <laughs> and sin is binding people up when it's a counterfeit. It's already been paid for. It's already been dealt with at the cross. What is sin? Sin is missing the mark that God has for you. And all of us in this place are sinful. We've, we've missed God's mark and standard for our lives. Let me put that definition up for sin. I just want you to see it. It's very basic, but... It means God has a, a bullseye, a target. And if you're not careful, you'll miss it. And all of us have. And today, if you say, you don't know me, I'm not sinful. There's your first sin. <laughs> you lying. <laughs> you got you to give that on the cross. You gotta, he died for that that too, right? And I want to encourage you that here's the reality. You're sinful and you're on a highway to hell. But Jesus decided to intercept. And, he, and it cost him his life. And he shed his blood and he rose from the grave in that same spirit who was part of all of it. Come on, we believe in God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, yeah. three in one. Yeah. And, and, and we need all three of the triune members of the Godhead to, to do their work in us. And I'm grateful for the Holy Spirit who gives us that resurrection power yeah. so that you can no longer be bound by sin. You can, in fact, get over sin, yeah. rise. Above it, let me give you one more verse. One more verse, I want you to see this. Paul is writing to the Corinthians and he's talking to them about the reality of the resurrection. First Corinthians 15, he says it like this. He says, where, O death, is your victory? He says, where, O death, is your sting? Now, this is a direct quotation from the book of Hosea. He says, the sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. You see the exclamation point? Yeah. Thanks be to, Paul got hyped. Thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory is in him. See, here's what this means. It says, where, O death is your victory? Where, oh, death is your sting? Well, the sting of death is sin. Why? Because if you're under the law and you're sinful in nature, the devil and Satan and all of the demons have a lot of ammo against you. In other words, Satan uh, is also known as the accuser. One day when you die, everybody in this room is going to stand and kneel before God the Father at the great white throne judgment. And best believe there will be an antagonizer there that is going to call you out for all your shortcomings and wrongdoings and sin. Now, if you don't have a lawyer in that case, lawyer Jesus, you're going to be in trouble because you're going to say, hey, I'm a good person. And you ain't good enough. You have not outweighed all those deeds. In fact, your good works are actually filthy to the Lord. Not enough. But if you stand up in that courtroom in eternity and say, hey, look, look, all that stuff is true. And it's, it's messy. I got a bunch of cardboards with all of it on there. But God yeah. sent his son yeah. who shed his blood, yeah. which wiped away all of it. And, and it killed him. It killed him. But here's what we believe. He's alive. Yeah. And he defeated death and sin and hell. And that's where my right standing comes from. And that's why I can get over sin even into eternity. So now death even lost its sting. Amen. Where, you know what? Take, for example, the apostle Paul who once said, For me to live is Christ, and for me to die is gain. What do you do with that? Because here's Paul saying, If I'm living, it's for Christ. So if I'm in the streets, I'm leading people to Jesus. I'm planting churches in Philippi and Galatia and Corinth and Thessalonica. Now, if you put me in jail, I'm going to start a prison ministry. My prison ministry is going to be popping. I've been known to open up jail cells with my praise. Acts 16, right? Paul goes, where are we going today? We're going to jail? There's a lot of people to reach in that place. I would love to minister to some people in there, right? And so they go, well, fine, we'll kill you. And Paul says, great! Gain! Been waiting to go home anyway. So they go, gosh, this guy's nuts. We don't even know. We don't even know how to respond, because he goes, death lost its sting, and my God's on time. So I'm not. I'm no longer bound by the law. I'm no longer bound by death. I have victory in the living Savior. Amen. Let me give you a reality statement. I'm going to move quick here. Jesus took on our sin, so we could take on His grace. He did. So we don't live by our sin, we get over it. We don't live by the law, we're not under it. In fact, we live by the grace of King Jesus. It's a, it's a waterfall of grace. We just, go, we just stand under it and, it and it never runs dry. When he said it's finished, he meant it. When he rose from the grave, he did it. Let me give you the second thing you gotta get over. The second thing you gotta get over is this next S word and it is shame. See, what happens often is when we wrestle with sin, it's hard to get over. It's hard to rise above it. And so we get caught up in shame. And sometimes even when you do rise over it, you're still caught in this in-between. You're like, I know I'm forgiven. I'm just, I just just can't. I've met so many fellow strugglers along the journey that are in this middle gap of shame. Shame. And I just wanna say, because of the reality of the resurrection, you can actually rise above your shame. You can rise above your guilt. You can rise above this head down mentality. You can get your head up because Jesus got up. He rose, amen? And you don't have to be stuck in the middle here and be drowned by your, let me give you a definition for shame. Here's what shame is. Shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior, which all of us can say we felt at some point. I know I have, right? Maybe you felt shame and maybe it was just spiritual warfare that makes you feel shame. In fact, I met a lady yesterday at the block party. Great, great connection. If you're here today, I'm so glad you made it. Welcome to walk. Um, I saw her kind of midway through the block party. And she goes, hey, real quick, what church is this? And I said, oh, this is walk church. And she goes, well, where do, where do you guys meet? It was a great setup. I was like, right here amazing right come on back tomorrow and all that and then I just said so tell me about you do you go to church and just here she goes well I once I I've been bad pastor I said what do you mean you've been bad I haven't really been going I said well hey you rise above the shame get over it come tomorrow like God woke you up and filled your lungs with air get in the game and I think if we're not careful, we stay in this, we stay in this, we stay in this shame. Let me tell you something. Jesus, he took your shame. Yeah. Let me give you a reality statement. I'll put it up here on the screen. Jesus took on our shame so that we could take on his joy. We get his joy. Jesus took our shame. Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12, look at this verse. It says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. He, he's the author of your faith, and now he's continuing to perfect it in your messy life. Who for the joy that was set before him, oh, I love that verse, endured the cross. He said, I'm going to endure this painful, bloody cross. I'm going to despise the shame. Put the crown of thorns on my head. Go ahead and spit on me. Go ahead and pull out my beard. Go ahead, go ahead and whip me with the lashes. Go ahead and put the purple cape on me and try to clown me and make fun of me. I'm just going to take it. I'm going to despise the shame. The shame that we all have in here, Jesus already dealt with it. So that when you recognize that and you recognize that you're forgiven and free and cleansed and healed, you don't have to live in shame. You can rise above it. You can rise above it. Jesus said, I did that. You know, I had this moment not too long ago, um, just a. Just a few weeks ago, I was with my boys, we were driving around, and Nina um, went to a baby shower, and I was there with my four sons, our four sons, we love them, the eight years old, five years old, three years old, and Lion, our one-year-old, and (laughs) somebody said, Jesus, for real, and so like the good dad I am, I said, you know what, let's pull into this big lots, and each one of y'all gets a prize, all right, we'll walk around a little bit, and each one of you gets something, not fully thinking, that... They're going to want everything, right? And so now we got to cart all types of stuff. I said, when I get up to the register, I'm just going to put a lot of stuff back, all right? And each one of y'all going to get one thing. But of course, when you get up to the register, you got the candy right there. And of course, there's this little bouncing ball that one of my sons could, just could not get a hold of. And of course, since he had one, he had one. Now they're bouncing these balls. And there's one guy working there at the registration. And he just doesn't want to be there, if I'm honest. God bless. And he is moving slow. And I'm just like, man. And meanwhile, I'm like, yo, put the kit, like already getting ready to open it. Like put, don't, don't, don't do that. Wait, put the bouncing ball away. I'm about to take this ball. And now he's ringing the start. He starts ringing the stuff up that we don't want. So I'm like, I'm sorry, sir, excuse me. Can you take that stuff off? And he's like, oh yeah, that's gonna just, I'm gonna have to reverse that now. I'm just gonna take me a second. So let me. And I just I'm starting to feel some shame. And so what do I do? I look at this lady who's right behind us and the little ball keeps kind of bumping her. And I just go over and I say, look, I'm sorry. Like, I apologize for this. I know it's taken so long. I know it's just my bad. I apologize. And she smiles at me and she goes, I've been there before. I've been there before. I've been there before. And anyways, we paid for everything and we got in the car and God used this moment to speak to me. And he spoke to me in that moment. and He said, hey, look, check this out. I've been there before. You don't have to be ashamed because I took your shame. Listen, when you start going through stuff, when you start walking through mess, when, when somebody betrays you, talks bad about you, uh, lies about you, hurts you, hurts somebody in your family, and you take that to Jesus, you know what he's going to say? I've been there before. I know how that feels. I actually walked through that for you. I've been there before. And he leans in and he smiles and he says, don't rush. You all right? I've been there before. We're going to make it. Just keep staying. Just stay focused. Just keep walking. Just keep dreaming. Just keep talking. Just keep showing up. I'm the comeback God. I've been there before. Let me put this up on the screen. Reality statement. He's been there before. So three things. Ready? Relax. Whew. Smile. That's what I had to do right there in the big lots. I just had to relax. I had to smile. And I said, all right, I'm just going to follow Jesus. Yeah. Just keep following Jesus. He took, he took our strength. Let me show you this in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 10. We're almost done, I promise. Romans chapter 10. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him, oh man, will not be put to shame. I love that verse. What an underestimated verse. Everyone who believes in him, you can rise above the shame. Everyone, everyone. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is the Lord of all bestowing his riches on all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved everyone who does i want to share that with you today look at me listen to me walk church listen to me family today if you haven't called on the name of the lord you might have been calling everybody else you may have been calling you may have been calling on his name the wrong way you may have been calling on sin you may have been calling on addiction or maybe you saw something on the cardboard Listen, today, if you call in the name of the Lord, you call in the name of Jesus, he's alive. He's not dead. He's risen. He's active. He's here. He's listening. His, his posture is humble. If you call on his name, you'll be saved. Look, definitively. Not by what you've done. Don't try to do this in the first person. If somebody says, hey, how, how did you get saved? Don't say, well, I put my faith. No, just go to the third. Say, he did that. He died for me. Don't say, oh, I've been going to church. No, no. He invited me to church. Yes. He showed up and shed his blood. Yes. He, he, made, he, he showed me a sign. He made a way. Yes. Yes. I, I, I missed it. Today, you can call upon his name and you can find salvation for your soul yes. and you can find eternity in him. You got to get over your sin. You got to get over your shame. Can I, can I give you the last one? Yeah. Y'all don't even know what it is. It might be hurtful. This la- I saved the best one for the last, but it's also the most unpopular. So I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, don't get up and leave when I show it to you. I love you. All right, you ready? If you're ready, say ready. ready. The last box that you need to rise above is yourself. You got to rise above yourself. You got to get over yourself. You'll never be able to fully follow Jesus and experience all the goodness he has for your life until you get over yourself. You might even be able to get over sin and you might even be able to get over shame. But if you get stuck here, yourself will be the biggest enemy in your life. I would even say today, the biggest enemy in your life is not Satan. It's you. You got to wrestle with you. The devil's already defeated. He lost at the cross. When Jesus w- got up out of the grave, he, he, he bruised him with his heel. He crushed his head. And the devil in a counterfeit way prowls around like a lion. He's a counterfeit lion looking for somebody to devour. If you're walking around puffed up on yourself, he gonna get you. I want to encourage you. Listen, let me let me show it to you out of a verse in the Gospel of Luke. This is a verse for everybody in the room. It's a verse for anybody who wants to be a follower of Jesus, which is the best thing to be. Here, here's what he says, verse 23. And he said to all, everybody say the word all. all. Here's why. Because some of you are just thinking deceptively. You're thinking this ain't for me. This is a message totally for the person to my right. They need this. This is for all y'all. And it's totally a message for me. Listen, he said to all. Oh, I love that. If anyone would come after me, let him or her deny himself and take up his cross daily. And then come follow me. Notice Jesus. Jesus is like, not, y'all, y'all not ready to follow me. The first, Jesus, like, okay, mentorship. The first class of fellowship, self-denial. <laughs> you want to come follow me? I've never found a verse in the Bible where Jesus says, love yourself. I have found verses that say, deny yourself. Now, I, I, I'm not saying you have to hate yourself. I'm not trying to pendulum swing it. I'm just saying yourself needs to go on the shelf. You, you got to, didn't, Listen. If you listen only to yourself, yourself will lead you astray. So you have to deny yourself. I talked to so many people that say, but I feel. And I said, you got to deny your feelings. Well, that that doesn't feel good. I know. And neither did the cross. Jesus wants to live his life in and through you. He doesn't just want you to do a bunch of moral deeds. The same life Jesus lived back then, he wants to live today through you. He wants to use you to change the world. Or maybe it's just change your home. Or maybe it's just change yourself. But you're not going to do that if you got one hand on the wheel and Jesus got one hand on the wheel. And Jesus in his gentleman way will sometimes just let you do it until you get lost and you go in circles long enough and you go, all right, fine, where do I go? You take it. And Jesus, he knows right where he's on time. He's in control. You got to deny. Listen, this is not my book. I surrendered my opinions a long time ago when I followed Jesus. What do you what do you think? Haydn? don't matter. I'm going to ask him. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. What does that mean? Does that mean you need to die for your sins? No, because you couldn't. Jesus did. What it means is you got to be ready for denial you got to be ready to carry your cross with him. Yes. and even if you die for christ you die free yes. you die forgiven yes. you die whole you die saved jesus says i just need people who are wet ready yes. so then follow me so and then when you what you'll be able to do is you'll say man i i, I was able to rise above sin yes. you know I, I i rose above shame yes. And then and even myself tried to get in the way, I even rose above the self. Yeah. And that's how you win. That's how you experience victory. I'll put this reality statement in worship team. Help me close this message out, please. This reality just says, Jesus took on ourself so we could take on his life. What an exchange. We sent ourself. Jesus died for us. And Jesus, in exchange, gave us his life. John chapter 10, verse 10 says it like this. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Rise above it. Now look, who's the thief? Maybe. The thief is is Satan. The thief is your sin. Sometimes the stealer is your own self. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. What an exchange. Jesus rose. Get over it. Get over it. Get over it. Come on. Get over it. Get over it. You got to get over it. You got to get over it. Walk in victory. Walk in freedom got to get over it get over it you can you can you can because he rose from the grave lord we thank you we thank you for this day we thank you for the resurrecting power that's found in jesus so today it's not about us it's all about you so i don't know what's holding somebody back today it could be their, their own self it could be fear could be shame. God, thank you. You, You've been there too. My Lord, you've been there too. It could be sin. It could be a sin pattern that just needs to be broken at the cross. It can. And so today, right now, I want to invite you to receive Jesus. In both of our services, we've had people respond to the gospel, turn from their sins, and receive Jesus. I want to invite you to do that now. It's not the words of this prayer that save you. It's faith in the gospel that saves you. But I want to invite you to pray with me as an example of what that could look like. Just say, Jesus, I surrender. I believe you died for my sins. God I believe you rose from the grave and I put my faith in you risen Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit turn away from my sins help me to rise above my sin rise above my shame rise above myself for your glory I believe I'm free and I have the victory in Jesus name amen 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 praise God the best decision you could ever make